Welcome to the two-part teaching series, Jezebel, Leviathan, and Python, oh my, featuring Crystal Lysha. In this series, you'll learn what principalities are and how to deal with them, with a specific focus on the Jezebel, Leviathan, and Python spirits. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the teaching series number nine. We've done This is our ninth one so far. And this one is Jezebel, Leviathan, and Python, oh my. Part one of two with Krista Elisha. Guys, it's going to be an absolutely dynamite packed two episodes, just loaded with stuff. Um, very exciting. If you guys are listening on Spotify, uh, whenever you're listening to this um, and you're not following us yet, the Elijah Fire podcast, go ahead and give us a follow. That'll really help us out. And then if you're listening on the app, go ahead and rate us wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can rate us as well. We really appreciate that. Fours and fives are the only appropriate ratings <laughs> jk jk be honest um all right i think that's it my guest today for those who don't know who she is and you're tuning in for the first time because you were like whoa this thumbnail is absolutely legit she's a prophet she's an author she's a teacher she's also the founder of arise kingdom ministries let's give it up for our guest my friend krista elisha Welcome to your first ever teaching series on Elijah Fire. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I mean, you've taught on Elijah Fire, but you've never done a teaching series. It's never been official. I know. It's, and it's I've been trying official. to get you one for a long time. So <laughs> I remember you came and visited us and we were, we went out to Red Robin and I, uh, I remember I talked to you about it and you were like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to keep talking to you about it. <laughs> so I got gotcha. you. You did. You totally did. It's so yeah. funny. I know because like, it's so crazy to see how God has really just continued to speak into my identity mm. and like reveal truth to me and break me outside of my boxes and my comfort zones. It's like, um, I have been a teacher this whole time and operating in that gift and not even realizing it because I believed a lie from having learning disabilities as a child and having teachers um, speak lies over me. Yeah. And so, yeah, thank you, Jeff, because well, you've been one of those people that have been, have spoken truth into yeah. my life and well, challenged you me, told so. me, you said, you know, God has really wanted me to like step out and do more teaching. And I was like, and we had, I think we had, I had just started doing the teaching series, um, on here. And I was just like, all right. So I mean, like, I think that's important, like to call those things out, to keep calling those things out. That's why when I introduced you, I always referred to, referred to you as one of the things is as a teacher. So. <laughs> Um, you know, it's important to call those things out in, in, in one another, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually you, the, the topic of teaching and you calling that out in people and inviting people on to do these series is so important because it ties into what our topic is about. And, you know, it's about, you know, obviously these principalities called Jezebel, Leviathan and Python and how you um, come out from underneath their influence, their control, their their kingdom or their realm is through the trans 
transformation of your mind. And we receive transformation through the teach, through teaching, through the word, um, through hearing other people teach. It's how Jesus addressed the, um, the religious mindsets of mm-hmm. his day, right? And he told people to repent. That word repent, it's metanoia. It means mm-hmm. to turn away from one thought process that leads your life in one direction and turn to God and change the way you think. Yeah. And um, we're called to disciple the nations. That's what Jesus told us to do. He said, you know, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. That word disciple, it means to be a student of, right? Jesus was the rabbi. He was the great teacher. And mm-hmm. there is a, um, God's really been speaking to me a lot about teaching is not just proclamation, it's demonstration. Yep. Right. Because yeah. people have different teaching styles or uh, mm-hmm. learning styles, I should say. Yes. So Jesus, he not only proclaimed the truth, he also demonstrated the truth of his of the kingdom that he came from. Mm-hmm. And as people saw the truth and it was revealed to them, then they received the truth and they were transformed by the truth. And that's when Satan fell like lightning. Um, and so. Yeah, that's a crazy passage, actually. Yeah, it's actually one of the passages that I was going to use today. Um, because before we start talking about any of the personalities of these principalities um, or even how they function, we have to understand first um, what our authority is, right? Like, what has Jesus given us? So that was actually where I was going to go with awesome. it. Awesome. Love so, it. I just think that it's really cool, Jeff, because you are literally taking out, taking people out of the realm of darkness and you're calling them into the kingdom of light. You are dethroning principalities, Jeff. Wow. I know. Sweet. You didn't even know you were doing that, did you? I didn't either until like God like started giving me all of it. I was like, oh my gosh, like my mind is so blown right now. Like this is amazing. And 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 that's the thing. Like we just do it naturally as we're led by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the best teacher, right? He leads us into all. Well, and that's my my heart is. Is to and people know this by now, but people who are new here, um, you know, my heart is to uh, is just to get people equipped to realize like Krista doesn't have some magical powers that are only her. Like she one of those epic quests, and she found this like secret book that like no. God revealed to her, you know, and it, only she has it. Like like she's this unicorn. Like like she we have access. She has access to the same power that. Jesus did that the apostle Peter at the apostle John and Paul you're like and on and on and on and on Smith Wigglesworth like just yeah. um, Amy Simple McPherson like all these people like we all have this access to the same spirit and yes you can understand this yes you can operate in the spirit yes you can do these things and so my heart even is like that revelation you shared of um, just now, um, about what I'm doing. And I'm like, my prayer is always just like, God, open my spiritual eyes to see more. I want to see more. I want to understand more. 
because um, as we understand more, like we can, we can operate with greater intention with that revelation. So, yes, yeah. yes, that's so good. Actually, even in um, receiving these revelations uh, for this teaching, I was just flabbergasted, like everything about our, like my ministry team, like my ministry family, like if, for those of you that are not familiar with me, like I, I think I'm probably one of the few, like I talk about my, my family in ministry because we function as a governing body. Um, and when we go into regions to minister, you know, as revival, like a revivalist culture or a revivalist company, um, I've learned that the way that we function <laughs> is actually teaching people how to operate in the kingdom. And it, anyway, okay. Everything makes sense now about the way that we flow. It totally makes sense. Even though I did not have the understanding that I have now, now I know that when we go into regions, there is an in intentionality with the way that the Holy Spirit moves us into doing certain things in the worship, in the sound that we release, um, in the music. And, and a lot of times we go into places and there will be like a resistance or we can feel people being offended and by the way that we function. And it's because God is trying, there is a confrontation happening with a regional principality. And um, that principality manifests its personality into the people. Okay. So, um, and guys, I just want to share this with you, okay? Jeff is right. Although I might be a spiritual unicorn in some sense, as and I would like to yeah. picture myself as a white horse with rainbow <laughs> hair. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Don't have anything special. In fact, if the only thing that I have special is my weakness, because I know that I, it, nothing that I have to offer is of any value that's actually coming from me. It's all been given to me by my heavenly father through the Holy Spirit because of Jesus. And I am extremely weak and I'm extremely needy for him to speak to me so that I can share with you guys what he says and what he reveals to me. And, um, you know, that, that is the way that he's chosen to operate his kingdom. You know, this is even a little child will lead them like children are dependent, they're needy, right. And, um, they're humble while adults are prideful and they are set in their ways and they're not teachable. And so you guys just need to know that as long as you are staying humble, you're staying teachable, that you're not relying on your own strength, but you are relying on God and everything that he's made available to you through the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done, you can do everything that any great man or woman of God can do. And I, I would actually challenge um, people in saying that, you know, 
really these people that are considered great in the kingdom are those who are really just poor in spirit Mm -hmm. um, and desperately dependent on God. And, And that is definitely my case. So even like the wisdom that I have, I was like laughing before we got on, I was telling daddy God, like, Lord, thank you so much that you've taken, you know, me, this foolish little girl, right? And you've, you've made me wise <laughs> um, by revealing to me your secrets, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And cause, cause it's only, it's only those who are innocent and humble and teachable and needy who can be trusted with these kingdom realities. Yeah. You know, like what you're saying even is like to apply it directly to even like what people are going to learn in this teaching series is you can give them the revelation that you've been given, right? You can teach on that, but ultimately that's the, that's the key right there is what you just described Mm -hmm. is like, it doesn't matter. Like you could have the head knowledge, right? But, you know, yeah, you can have the head knowledge, but it actually has to become real to you. A head knowledge does not equate revelation. Right. Come on. That's um, right. you know, it that's the difference between wisdom and understanding. Um there's a vast difference. Wisdom is understanding how to apply knowledge. Yes. You know, that's good. So I can have knowledge and I cannot have wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that's why God doesn't like scripture doesn't tell us to ask for knowledge. He says, ask for wisdom. Mm -hmm. Right. And so really, I just feel like I should release that God. I just release wisdom, Mm -hmm. God, over everyone under the sound of my voice. And even over myself, God, I just pray that you would give us wisdom um, that you would give us a revelation, God, that you would illuminate the eyes of our understanding, um, that we might know you and that we might be able to understand these kingdom mysteries, God, and apply them to our lives in Jesus name. Amen. So, so I think maybe what, what I should do. So first of all, a lot of people don't even know what a principality is. So I think maybe I should start there and then Great. I should just kind of go through. So Perfect. first, First of all, let's talk about what a principality is. Um, Let's see. It was Paul who said in Ephesians, I think it was six. First, where is it at? I have it in my notes. I'm just trying to find it. Twelve. It says um, he's talking about put on uh, God's complete set of armor so that we'll be protected as we fight against the evil strategies of the accuser or our adversary. And he says, our hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Okay? So... Principality means first or chief prince who is enthroned over a territory. So um, a principality 
is the first in command in a rank of fallen sons of God or fallen angels. Okay. So we don't see this a lot in like our English translations of scripture, but there are actually different names for angels and celestial beings. And um, one of them, Elohim, we see that word used for God, right? And it, mm -hmm. it means one, the, the most high. But in the Hebrew understanding, there are actually these um, principalities, these chief princes that God gave authority over the second heavens or the power of the air, right, mm -hmm. um, that rule over territories. And they are demon gods. They rule in darkness over regions by projecting their personalities onto the people of that region so that they can stay in power over those regions. Um, their goal is, like everything that the enemy does, is to kill, steal, and destroy. Um, and it is to keep people in slavery to sin. Um, the way that we come out from under their authority or how we can dethrone them is when we dethrone them in our minds, when we mm -hmm. come out of agreement with them. You know, Jesus had authority over all the enemy because he had nothing in common with the enemy. You know, when he walked into um, the tombs and he met the man with legion, which means we are many, right? Because there's mm -hmm. thousands of them. It was a whole uh, army, armada of demons in this guy that said, you know, he had legion. The, the, the man, the demons threw themselves at the feet of Jesus and said, Jesus of Nazareth, why have you come here? Have you came here to torment us? For we have nothing in common with you. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. And so um, Jesus had nothing in common with the enemy. And so a lot of times when we are dealing with heavy spiritual warfare, it's, I have learned this going into different territories, okay? Whenever you go into a different territory and you come under a certain kind of physical or mental attack, it's because somewhere you have an agreement with the regional demon. Interesting. So when you come out of agreement with it and you ask Holy Spirit, hey, you know, will you reveal to me what what lies do I? I believe that this entity, this authority over this region has imparted into my life, right? And then God reveals it to you, you repent, you renounce it, you turn away from that, you ask God to speak to you the truth, and then it loses authority over you. Interesting. This was a really big deal when I first started traveling a lot. I would go through tons of regional warfare and it was horrible. And then I went through a series of false accusations and I was like, okay, God, if there's anything in me that's in common with the enemy, like, I don't want it. You have permission to judge that thing. Mm. And I'm going to do everything I can to 
to partner with you in this process so that it has no authority over me. And then the next time that I am accused, then I, I will know that I'm innocent. Right. Right. And so I went through this process and God just started showing me these different regional principalities and showing me the signs and the symptoms that uh, these things invoke on people and regions, because really what you'll notice is like their regional mindsets is what they are. They're strongholds, their regional belief systems that are um, that the kingdom has to come in through the proclamation and demonstration of the gospel to reveal the truth to. Hmm. Okay. So like if I go into a really. Um, okay. I'm going to use this one because the Holy Spirit told me to use this one. For okay. example, uh, Masons. All right. Like I had a Masonic witchcraft and my bloodline through my grandpa. And it entered because my grandpa was very insecure. He didn't have much of an education. He was seeking to get respect um, and to be understood and find a place to belong. And so he joined the Masons. He uh, did the Scottish Rite and he ended up, you know, doing one big weekend, paying a bunch of money to become a 32nd degree Mason and did one big, you know, I guess ritual or whatever. And in ignorance, because he did not have revelation, he came into agreement with these demon gods over the Masonic um, right. Okay. And that opened up all of our bloodline to, to curses, which I can trace to each ritual that they do in, in the Masonic rites. Wow. So I would go into regions where there was a stronghold of uh, the Masonic um, Lodge, and I would have terrible headaches. I would have um, neck pain. Um, I would not be able to, to speak or I would have teeth pain. Um, I would feel pressure on my head. Um, I would be confused and foggy. And um, I would have this feeling uh, or the other thing, too, was um, greed. Like I, I would find myself um, wanting to buy things that I didn't have money for. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so I discovered that in the Masonic rites, one of the big things is that if you break rank and the in the masons there is a curse on your head on your neck your false they do a ritual where they falsely strangle you like they put a, a noose around your neck um they beat your head in and um it's all for money um yeah so there are idols in that, right? It's the God of mammon, which is money. And Jesus said, you can't serve, you know, two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. Um, and it goes, witchcraft wants to go for the head, right? Remember John the Baptist? They, the, the daughter wanted, or the mother wanted, uh, the yes. wife of Herod wanted the head of John yeah. the Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Very interesting. Okay. So, 
even if you renounce, say, okay, you go to an area and you feel, you know, you actually get like physical symptoms of, of, you know, because you're in somewhat of agreement, like you were saying, and you have to come out of agreement with those. You have to repent from those things. I, um, just so we can make sure that we're people who might uh, be experiencing things. Well, like be that. experiencing things and they did renounce things. The enemy can come in and be like, ha ha ha. See, you didn't renounce it. But like, can you still, are you still, you, you got to still be aware of what's there, but it's just not affecting you anymore. Right. Correct. Yeah. And that's such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up, Jeff, because I would have totally forgot. So, um, yeah, that's a great question. So you, the, he's a trespasser. He, he breaks the law. He's a lawbreaker. And so when you are going into a region, you know, I personally believe that, um, you know, when the enemy oversteps his boundaries and we are affected by those things that, um, God will use it as a weapon so that we know what we need to do in order to break that region free. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are times and I've experienced this myself because I have renounced it. I've gone through all the stuff. I've gone through all the bloodline cleansing. I, I know the way that those things operate. Um, when I'm experiencing that, it'll either be an attack that's getting ready to, to settle. Like, I don't know, but like two days ago, like the day, like Easter Sunday and the day after Easter. So Monday, did you experience like a lot of crazy warfare? There were so. Yeah. I mean, like Lauren and I on Monday, we woke up and we were both feeling sick. And then, and then yesterday, it was the same way, kind of. So yeah. Okay. So the Lord told me that the body of Christ was going through that specifically after Easter because there was a national deliverance that was happening and we were experiencing what the principality of the spirit of Python over yeah. the United States of America through the, the virus Okay. Interesting. It being brought down. Wow. And so it was that it was like the writhing of the snake essentially having its head cut off. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people in the comments are saying they felt the same. So yeah, see, so how did I know that? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, I because I was feeling it too. It was like this sense of like um defeat and overwhelm oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. crazy fatigue and you're sick and you can't think it was because jesus crushed the head of the serpent <clears throat> okay jesus crushed the head of the serpent it was resurrection sunday it's the day after resurrection sunday it is the end of an old era a new era is being born in the church um, and wow. we have went through what three years of the, the, the Rona shutdowns. Okay. Uh -huh. And what there's a third day resurrection, remember? And so the Lord gave me a word when at the beginning of all of this, he said, you are going to see a third day resurrection in Passover time. And I thought. You know, it was like actually three days, but, you know, 
one day is a thousand years to the Lord. Uh-huh. That's what scripture says. Really, it was three years our time, but we were going through a we were going through, I believe, a global deliverance. Wow. Because Jesus crushed the head of the serpent, the python wow. of coronavirus. Well, and I've been saying everybody is probably going, yeah, Jeff has been saying this for like the 50 millionth time, but that the, God is really working on deliverance within the body of Christ right now. There's he a lot really of people is. that are just like, man, like I just, there's certain things that just like you've got to, I've got to just deal with this once and for all. Like I'm seeing that a lot in people right now. So, yeah. So, so I, what I will do is when I'm experiencing those things, you know, I will really press into prayer. I will, the first thing I do almost every single day, honestly, I will just pray and I say, I renounce any and all familiar spirits. Okay. Um, and all bloodline curses in the name of Jesus. And I command um, all, all spirits that have been working against me that I might have come into agreement with knowingly or unknowingly, I command them to go to the pit now in Jesus name. Mm. Okay. So I do that almost every day just because when you have a pretty, you know, a lot of visibility ministerially, right. you need to be doing those things. Yeah, I agree. So that's something that I do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you are possessed. It just means that there is a trespassing spirit that is um, trying to oppress you. Okay. It's encroaching on your territory. And one of the reasons why they do that is because believers don't know their authority. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't know their authority. Exactly that. <laughs> Well, okay. I have a question. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. So obviously you can, you were talking about if you're, if there's a, a, a principality in a region and you know, you start feeling symptoms and all that stuff. You're, there are areas of your soul that are still in agreement with those things, right? Okay. So, or it tries to get you into agreement right, with okay. it. Okay. All right. So, you renounce those things, all that stuff, because a principality, correct me if I'm wrong, is different in a demon in that you, you have to come out of agreement with it. Correct? Yes. 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 That's what I've heard from numerous people that are that like dealing with Jezebel, Python, Leviathan. Those are, you have to come out of agreement with it. You yes. deal with it differently. Okay. So, and this can actually segue into another thing that I'll bring up in just a second, but okay. So I've, I've disagreed with all those things, all that. What is the difference then now between a demonic attack or being in agreement with a principality of a region, like you were talking about and feeling those physical symptoms? What is the difference between those? And then that can segue into what is the difference between your garden variety demon and a principality. So, okay. So we see, so principality again is a chief ranking demon. So like, like the Prince of Persia, right? Would like be, the Prince of Persia yeah, from yeah. Daniel. Yeah, so from like Daniel. we see, um, Michael, the archangel who comes to, to Daniel and says like, from the day that you began to pray, you know, I was sent, but 
the the prince of persia hindered me right so there is a war in the second heavens over us um and that is where and we are in the earth realm so this is the first heaven then there's the second heavens that's where all the war the warfare the battles happens and then god is seated in the third heaven or heavenly places that's his throne and um it's released from within our hearts when we come into agreement with the third heaven and he is enthroned on our hearts and in our minds and over our life, then he begins to make earth his footstool. Okay. So, um, but principalities are fallen sons of God. And so they're like high ranking generals or archangels in the demonic army. Whereas a demon is um, they are lower ranking. Um, and then there's there's different ones, right? Because he said there are wicked spirits and um, powers, right, of darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, evil spirits. What's interesting is that the word demon, it comes, it's uh, demonia, I think. And it really just means spirit. Hmm. So what Paul is saying here is that there are different ranks of spirits that are in the fallen order or within the ranks of Satan. Okay. But principalities project they're they're like they try to be gods they love they want high places they want to be worshiped and so they project they project their personalities within the people of the region so that the people of the region worship them okay through their behavior so they're like warlords yeah i mean yeah. kind of if okay. you want like warlords in the spirit yeah so, so okay it would be like so like a demon <laughs> Just because I like to like strip things down. It's like a demon, you know, just say like, like I said, garden variety demon versus a principality would be like the difference between like a four-star general and a private. So yes. a four-star general knows his authority and he knows he has access to uh, tanks. He has access to platoons upon platoons of soldiers. He's got access to tons of different resources and artillery, all those things, all these people that answer to him, whereas a private doesn't answer. I mean, he answers to people. He doesn't command anyone. So there's a difference. It would be sort of like thinking of it kind of like that. Yes. And so there's, it's interesting because when we see the story of the demoniac or the, the guy with the Legion, right? Yeah. Um, in order to have control of that region, all of these smaller or lesser in power um, demons entered that one man. Okay. And when Jesus had a confrontation with that thing and cast those demons out, what happened is the next time, like Jesus ended up casting the demons into the pigs, the pigs, you know, jumped off the cliff and killed themselves. And um, it actually, when that principality who was commanding that legion, which is a, a, um, it was a Greek term for an army, 
okay, of like so many mm-hmm. thousand, I think it was like 10,000 or something, um, foot soldiers. When it was dethroned because it lost its host, its, its army, right, its foot soldiers, the next time we see anybody go into that region, we see that we see a revival break out there. And so that's what happens when, whenever deliverance is happening on a wide scale in a region, principalities are being dethroned. Interesting. Huh? So that the gospel can go forth. Yeah. Because that's how, Woo, I'm man getting blasted right now. Oh, wow. That was unexpected, Holy Spirit, but I wow. like it. Thank That's you. Good. But <laughs> I'm like, wow. Um, I would have passed out. Stay with me, Krista. <laughs> I, I can't teach this. <laughs> here, Jesus. Um, yeah, no, but that that's it. That we go in, we have a confrontation. We take out the foot soldiers, right? It's just like with the normal battle strategy over a territory is that we send troops in to have a confrontation with another nation's troops. And when those troops are displaced, when they're taken out, when they're killed, when they're captured, whatever it is, then the new regime is able to move in and take control of that territory. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so we're seeing this right now happen on a national level um, where there's mass deliverance happening and these principalities are losing their their foothold in the church so that the church can walk out with a with a increase in power and authority to display and to proclaim the kingdom of God and bring people in to the fold. Mm -hmm. And so that we can occupy territory. This is a, we are in, um, God has been saying, I think I said it on the, on the show here uh, a couple of times that we are in, we are in um, operation occupy. Mm, Right. And so this deliverance is dethroning of, principalities um through personal and individual deliverance is is huge for occupying territories yeah so like let's talk about uh, a practical example that everybody remembers the uh, the overturned roe v wade Mm -hmm. all right so what happened in that process because i can look at okay we got overturning roe v wade a principality got dethroned in the process of that. Um, and then like, even like there were other little confirmations, like I, I shared on the show, I saw like dominoes falling as a result of this. And then the Georgia Guidestones fell and they look like yes. giant dominoes, you know? So it was really cool uh, to see that all kind of play out in real time almost. But um, as a result, I would look at that just in terms of what's been happening now, where revival has really started to, be more than a spark like it's actually like they're flames now right and they're going to grow but then also this national repentance within the body of christ i would even go beyond national repentance i would say worldwide repentance within the body of christ um because i know we got a lady from new zealand today that's what i'm talking about um so in other places too but um 
So I would love to hear your thoughts just so we can kind of see what you're talking about in a practical thing that we all witnessed within the last year. Yeah. So it really is. I mean, that was a principality of death um, and it was empowering national witchcraft because everything in the spirit world operates um, through law um, or through blood and remember Julie Lopez, everybody, she talked about it. Remember? And so, yeah. And so abortion is like, um, it is the siege engine against the body of Christ. Um, cause it's innocent blood. There has to be, uh, innocent bloodshed. And, um, this is not anything new. Actually, what's crazy is if you really do the research, it was these principalities, these fallen gods that taught ancient people how to murder their babies. Um, Baal, Moloch, um, you know, Jezebel worshipped Baal, okay? Um, And that is, Baal really is the Antichrist. He is an Antichrist spirit, right? Um, He hates the image of God. So everything in the spirit world is a um, it's a reflection of what is, of something in our natural world, and the enemy will take it. It's kind of like if you've ever watched Stranger Things, which mm-hmm. some people might have and might not have, but Stranger Things really spoke to me because it really is kind of like the way that our uh, our world operates in regards to realms, um, like yeah. the upside down is really what our fallen world looks like. Right. Um, So. The enemy takes it and he twists it and he perverts it. And so that's what he does, because he can't create on his own accord Mm because he's a created being himself. So instead he perverts or he twists it. He he makes it. um, He makes it false. (laughs) Okay, so. and that kind of ties into understanding our authority too. Even even with that, the the authority that we have over over these demon gods. But so our as soon as our country came out of legal agreement with that principality by offering it the blood of the innocent, um, we literally felt this burden. Like everybody in the body of Christ felt something lift off of our country. We went through a national deliverance. All of a sudden, it's like people are waking up, not woke, they're they're waking up. And there are sparks of revival that are happening that are now being sustained. It's not just um, certain companies or groups of people that are hosting revival. It's college kids in a little tiny, you know, town in Kentucky, you know what I mean? Um, That are all of a sudden there's this, this hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right. And you see that there is not, not just a hunger and thirst for righteousness, but the the body of Christ themselves, there is a righteous anger and indignation that is rising up in the body of Christ against Mm -hmm. these issues in our culture that are destroying people. 
because really that's what it is. Like when we talk about, you know, some of these ideologies and these, the indoctrination of our kids, like as a mama, I get angry because I see the destruction of people who God loves and their purpose and their kingdom destiny that they're never able to step into or they're not able to receive the fullness of because they've been lied to and indoctrinated by demons. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're seeing this happen. Like all of a sudden all of us are like it's it's no longer – it's like it, it it almost feels like the muzzle was removed. You know yeah, what I does. mean? Yeah. Like we cannot stay silent any longer. Um, and and that's that's part of national deliverance. And now we're we're in the first stages of of seeing just the beginning of what is unfolding and and this deliverance, even with like, you know, the movies coming out, like come out in Jesus name that they had to play twice, you know, and I'm hearing, I didn't get to go see it, but I'm hearing about people going to the movies and like crazy deliverance happening. And actually I think that that happened on what did it come out on Monday? Was that when everybody was feeling under attack? No, it came out like, I want to say it was like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but they just did a second. Oh, one. they did a second one. And I think it might have been on Monday. Yeah, it may have been. Someone in the comments can let us know if you know for sure. Which is but interesting because, you know, if we're going through deliverance, if it happens to what, because we're all one in Christ. And yeah, it was on Monday. Mystery. Thanks. Yeah. I was the, Emily said it was the 10th and the 11th. So, yeah, Monday and Tuesday. That makes See? sense. Yeah. That yeah. makes total Monday, sense, right? Monday, because Tuesday they like gnarly to throw me. a fit yeah. when they're getting evicted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The way I see it, like Roe v. Wade, um, I kind of see it as like uh like when the Rebel Alliance takes out the first Death Star in in A New Hope, in the um, where it's like it's a major victory, yes, because it was this like planet killing weapon, but it wasn't the end of it, but it actually gave them the oomph they needed to bring other people to the cause you mm -hmm. know and by the time return of the jedi comes around they got this big fleet and they're like we're gonna take it to the second death star which is being built and we're gonna blow it up and so for me i i look at it that way where i'm like obviously it's not the end you know there were a lot of people saying like hey guys like overturning a roe v wade it's, it's not, not the end we got a lot more i'm like yeah but like we should celebrate this victory like this is a big deal in the spirit but at the same time, uh, you know, recognizing there's more, more work to be done, you know? Uh, right. And, sure. and the thing is, is that you can't, with where we're at, it's that these principalities, and we, we're not at war with the humans that are pro-choice, right? Pro-abortion, pro-murder, pro-death. We're not at war with them. We're at war with the demon gods that have deceived them and got them into agreement with their mindset so that they have the blood of the innocent to operate yeah. on in the spirit realm. Yeah. You see? And and they don't realize that they what they are doing um, because they're blinded. And so um that's why the proclamation of the gospel is so important. And I mean, like we think about it 
have you ever thought about this? The gospel, when you hear it, is really kind of crazy and it sounds foolish. Mm. Like this guy came to earth and like he was God and he was born through a woman in a in a barn and um, he lived a perfect life. He never fell short of anything. And, you know, he led this three year campaign to teach people how to love and how to live. And he healed the sick and he casted out demons, you know, and, and he did everything good and everything right, but religious people hated him. And so they nailed him on a tree or on a cross. And, and somehow if we just believe that he actually is who he says he is and he did what, you know, he said he did, then we get to receive his blood and his life and his spirit. Mm -hmm. And we get to be called children of God. Like it sounds foolish. Yeah. (laughs) And that is because God intended it that way. Yeah. Because he will only reveal these truths to those who are humble. See, now it's not foolishness to us because the spirit bears witness. We've been chosen Mm -hmm. by God to come into the faith, right? Uh, We have been elected. Okay. Um, meaning the Holy Spirit drew us to himself and um, we came into agreement. We, we submitted to that drawing by his spirit. Yeah. Um, and that's knowing that takes you into understanding who you are in the kingdom, not just as a child of God, but as a, um, but as somebody that has authority in the kingdom of God mm. um, and not just in the kingdom, but over, over every kingdom and principality um, as you come into greater revelation of Jesus, yeah. right. And being made in his image, but the gospel, <laughs> we can't like, when I go out and I preach the gospel, it does sound foolish and I, and I recognize that. And so we cannot um, trust in ourselves. It has to be the Holy spirit that we allow to work through us that we're submitted to, to pull people to him, to Jesus. Right. We lift Jesus up. The spirit works with us to confirm that he is who he says he is because we can't do it in our own strength. It's everything we have comes from God and people who are perishing are, are in desperate need to hear the truth about a savior who loves them and came, came and died, not just for them, but as them so that they could be new creations and that they could be free from all the tyrannical rule of yeah. darkness. Yeah, come on. All right. So um, I also want to bring up the whole idea, and we'll probably talk about this throughout, you know, the episodes, but um, obviously, you know, we can operate in deliverance. We can pray for people. We can cast out devils, all that stuff, right? It talks about in Mark chapter 16. But, um, and I'm not trying to strike fear into anybody, but to me, it would seem, maybe foolish 
to just be like, all right, God, you know, like some young Christian who's like, I'm going to take on a principality. <laughs> I'm like, wait, hey, bro, like, wait, wait, wait. So let's, how do, how do we engage? Cause I've heard like groups of people coming together, you know, and they're praying and they're doing like, and there actually is a felt difference. They're like a print, like, okay, for instance, you guys came to the Salem Kaiser area in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And you guys did your uh, tent revival and you guys had gone and to a prayer session or something like that. And and there was a felt difference after I had noticed there was a felt difference. And you guys said we had we just saw a principality get dethroned from this region. And um, and I could feel it, you know, and so obviously you guys were a group of people, well equipped group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on that because obviously we can come out of agreement with that. That is something that every believer has the ability to do. Correct. Is to mm-hmm. come out of agreement with the principality, but we shouldn't go looking to pick a fight with a principality. If God has not directly instructed you, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Cause I do feel like we should have a little bit, a little bit of maturity and wisdom in regards to this. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting. You know, we see the archangel Michael when he is talking to Satan. Okay. Michael understood rank. Okay. He understood rank and he understood his place within that rank. And when he talked to Satan, he didn't say, I rebuke you, Satan. He didn't say that. Mm. He said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Because he recognized rank. Mm. Okay. And so I feel the Holy Ghost all over me. When you start trying to mess with things that you are not in rank with in the spirit realm, you are stirring up a hornet's nest. Okay. I know my rank in the kingdom. And I don't mess around with certain things unless the Lord tells me, okay, when I am dealing with regional principalities, I go in and what I do is I am led by the spirit to confront the congregation's belief systems in that region. And as people listen to the proclamation of the word of God, and they see the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, then there is a regional deliverance that happens. Like with what happened with the man that had legion. There was a regional deliverance that happened and a principality fell over that area, opening up the entire area for the gospel to be received. And it actually happened after Jesus's death and resurrection. They, um, the disciples went back there. I think it was Peter and um, somebody else. I can't remember exactly, but they went back in and they proclaimed the gospel and the whole region got saved. There was a revival that happened there. And so that's really important to know when, so when I go into places, I don't have to, I don't have to mess with the, the regional principality. I go in submitted to the Holy spirit And by his leading, I confront the belief systems and the lies and the deception that the people in the region are in agreement with. I teach them how to repent, 
change the way they think, turn to God, worship God, turn away from your sin and worship God. And as they do that, they come out of agreement with the principality and the principality is dethroned. Hmm. Awesome. And, and the principality is dethroned because Jesus has become king enthroned on our hearts. Hmm. You see? Yeah. And so, because that's the war. It's really the war over our thrones, over our hearts, over what we will worship, what we will serve, what we will bow down to. That's really what it is. And so anything that we serve that is not Jesus or anything that we have to answer to before we can say yes to Jesus is an idol. Yeah. You know, or a demon God. It's, mm -hmm. it's a principality. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. So, but yeah, don't, it's like, um, what do you think would happen to you <laughs> If um, you were a low-ranking American private and you had a tried to go have a confrontation with Hitler, not going to end well for you. Not going to end well. You wouldn't even get to Hitler. <laughs> no, this wouldn't so, happen. Mm -mm. And people don't understand that. And so a lot of times people will bring on just out of ignorance. They and 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 oftentimes. Um, zeal they will bring on unnecessary warfare now that does not mean that you don't confront things when the holy spirit tells you to confront things but this is what i will say and this is something that the lord told me specifically to tell everybody was that um you have no authority to judge what you have not first judged within yourself yeah come on okay so don't be going rebuking things when you might be operating in those things. Yeah. So, and, and that's a big thing, you know, um, we need to be aware of that. And we are called to be judges and to be legislators. Okay. So when Jesus, um, took the disciples to the base of Mount Hermon in Caesarea Philippi, which I think is really interesting that it's at the base of Caesarea Philippi. It's literally the gates of hell. He took them to the gates of hell. It's a big pit on the side of a mountain. I've been there. It's in Israel. And um, it's where they would have all of their pantheon God worship. They'd be having... Uh, orgies with animals and stuff for fertility rituals. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. And, um, and there was this huge artesian spring um, that was really, really deep in the, in the base of the mountain and they would sacrifice their children there to the God Pan. Um, yeah. yeah. And Jesus took Jews there. So um all of that behavior was unclean behavior. They weren't allowed to be around it. They weren't allowed to touch it or they would be considered ceremonially unclean. But Jesus took them there and he walked up onto the mount there and he said, who do men say that I am? What do Who do men say I am? And they were like, some say you're this, some say you're the spirit of, you know. And then 
it was Peter who said, uh, when he said, but who do you say I am? He said, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, you know, the flesh has not revealed this to you, but wisdom, the spirit of God has revealed or made you wise discerning to this truth. And he said, and I call you rock, a little rock, meaning that Peter was going to be a stone to build his kingdom. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Mm -hmm. And that's the same mountain where the psalmist said in 133 that how good and lovely it is when brothers dwell together in unity, for it will be like the anointing oil on the head of Aaron dripping off of his beard and onto his robes. Mm. And there God will command his blessing. Right? And so Jesus stepped foot on the base of the gates of hell where human sacrifice was taking place as a public proclamation to the principalities that were being worshipped there to say, I am coming to crush the head of the serpent. Mm. I am going to be the last blood sacrifice that will be required that will usurp all of this defilement. And we'll take back worship to the one true God. Come on. Yeah. Okay. He was, he, it was a showdown. He was coming there to say, Hey, it's getting ready to go down guys. Yeah. Right. Just want to let you guys all know, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. First of all, like just it, FYI. Yeah. Like Jesus was, he was cool, man. I mean, like, man, for him to do that. And cause he knew who he was. But it had to be confirmed through a witness. That's why Peter had to say it, that he was the son of the living God. Mm. And so he was putting him on notice. And like my friend Katie said in the comments. And um, but the word that he said in my church, my ecclesia will not or uh, in the gates of hell shall not prevail against my ecclesia. An ecclesia is a governing body. It was um, the the Romans. It was like their senators. So it was their lawmakers. Mm-hmm. It was their judges. It were it was the ones that were called out from among the people to be separated. Yeah, it from, like called out ones or something. Like yeah, that. they mean yeah. called out ones, elected ones. They were elected officials that made laws and then decided how the other ranks in government under their jurisdiction were going to carry out those laws. Hmm. Okay. And he, and it has to do with dwelling in unity. So when we are in unity, when we are in one accord, when our thoughts look like God's thoughts, then we begin to operate as a governing body that takes over territories and dethrones principalities by bring, by teaching, by discipling the region, the people of the region, so that they know what it looks like to operate in a kingdom society. Mm. Interesting. 
So, and, that, and that's by doing things heaven's way, which often look very foolish to man's way. Yeah. So something that I was thinking about um, just as you were talking was like just to kind of, I guess, turn people's eyes towards becoming aware of this, like the, the principality that because I look at like Pan, right? Moloch, Baal, whatever gods they're worshiping in the Mayans, um, even now with with uh, abortion, um, to me, it. it it does look like it's just the same principality moving around. Cause these things have been around for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, you know, and uh, operating for thousands upon thousands of years. Um, to me, it looks like it's the same principality just in, but if anything, if you think about it, those were all isolated to a small region, right? A different region. Um, mm -hmm. But the whole idea of abortion is worldwide. Yeah. And because of technology, the advent of technology, we can communicate across the globe, right? We got people from Kenya. We got people from New Zealand, probably Australia. I don't know. Other places, maybe the UK um, listening to this. Like we've got people all across the world, but the same can be done with the kingdom of darkness. And so to me, I'm looking at it just from a global scale and going like, dude, like, because make no mistake, it's child sacrifice. It may be reskinned as abortion and women's rights and whatever, but it is child sacrifice. You are sacrificing a child so that you can, even if you're not overtly like, oh, I'm bound to this God and I'm sacrificing this child, you are sacrificing a child so that you can do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. So there was a great video um, of some guy, he was talking to someone about like, say you want to be in basketball, women's basketball, and all of a sudden you get pregnant. You will sacrifice that child so that you can continue to play basketball. And she was like, whoa, I never thought of it that way. I thought it was a great analogy of regardless of Satan does not care. Do whatever reason you want to do it for the blood, the blood requirement to do whatever he's wanting to do on this earth has been paid because you sacrifice your child. So um, I'm looking at it from a global scale. And, uh, this time around and being like this one's big like this is a so it's a big deal that roe v wade got overturned it is and you know the other thing too guys is that we have to we have to understand that the blood of jesus has accomplished its work and it is powerful it is not anemic it yeah. is dynamic right. to destroy all the works of hell, all of the influence of our past lives, and even to reconcile um, everything that we might have done and sacrificed as we were slaves to sin and, and slaves to these demon gods and didn't know it, mm. you know? And so I love that because of what Jesus did um, in giving us his power and his authority, um, now he he takes the ones that were slaves. He, he rescues us to send us back out as rescuers. Right. And so it's um, I love that it, it feels to me when I go into regions to proclaim the gospel and I'm, I'm specifically going for souls to soul win that um, <laughs> I'm going in to rescue prisoners of war. Mm. I'm going in to set the captives free. I'm going to proclaim the release 
of the prisoners that have been held captive by these demonic princes. And what's crazy is that it's it's really the blood of Jesus is the key to set all mankind free. That's that's it. Faith in Jesus and receiving what he did for us. And so that's where it all starts. That's where our authority starts is that it all originates in him and knowing that he gave us exosia that or authority. That word there in the Greek is exos or uh, ex, exosia, sorry. And um, it means power and authority um, or jurisdiction, liberty, the right, and um, the strength to do something. Mm. Um, I'm going to read because I feel like this is really important for mm. everybody to know. This is so good. Everybody, isn't this good? This is so good. Love it. <laughs> Y'all are getting free. Yeah. And guys, I know I'm not really going to, we're not going to be able to cover everything that I would really like to cover in two teaching sessions. Um, but. Well, we'll I, talk afterwards. I got an idea. Yeah. Cool. Okay. okay. But really what I want to do is I want to give you guys a, a starting point because honestly, like when God took me through this process, all I realized was that I was going through a lot of warfare that I shouldn't be going through. And I knew it wasn't natural. It was aberrant. And I said, God, you said that you came to Jesus came to give me life and life abundant. That is what I want. That is, I will not accept anything less than what you paid for. That is my right. And so will you show me how to come into agreement with that um, to receive everything that you bought for me? And so I started this journey of seeking the Lord diligently anywhere in my life, there was not abundance, abundant mm. life. And I said, God, you have permission to judge this area of my life because he is Lord and he is judge. Yeah. Okay. Lord means owner. And it is only when we, cause look guys, deliverance is the children's bread. All right. It's the children's bread. That means it's, it is children's of God. It's your portion. It is not for people who are not believers. Yeah, come on. Okay, because people who are not believers are still under the dominion, okay, of darkness under these rulers. You get what I'm saying? So it's only those of us who are completely surrendered to King Jesus are completely surrendered to allowing him to have full rights and say and owners of our lives to tell us how we ought to live because he's the only one that can be trusted with our lives, right? How do we know that? Because he's the only one who ever gave his life in exchange for ours. He laid his life down so we could know that he can be trusted with our life when we lay our life down to him. Right. So a lot of times to go through uh, self-deliverance, it takes us laying down another thing in our lives and saying, oh, God, I didn't see that that was there. Well, I just surrender this to you. I give you permission and lordship in that area again, Jesus, to tell me how I ought to live and to teach me and guide me in the ways of righteousness so that I look like you and I represent your kingdom family well. Okay. 
And so wherever there isn't life and there isn't abundance, there is a, there is a lie there. There's a stronghold there that needs to be brought down so that Jesus can, can be enthroned there. Mm. Right. So good. And this is why we see the shadow of Peter walking through the streets, healing people because he was like giving Jesus a piggyback ride. Jesus sat on him. He was enthroned and on his life. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like um, that is a powerful revelation that the presence of God sat so enthroned on the early church that people would walk by and their shadows would heal the lame in the street. And, and, and that's possible for us today yeah. as we continue to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Right. So the, the word exosia. So Luke 10, 18, Jesus replied while you were ministering. Okay. Like he had sent the, I think it was the 70 out and they were casting out demons and healing the sick and stuff. Okay. He says, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. <laughs> okay. Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom or over snakes and, uh, and scorpions. Mm -hmm. You will trample and crush every demon before you and overcome every power Saint Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority, this exousia. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud, those wise in their own eyes, and you have shared it with these who humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart, to give these things to those who are like trusting children. Right. And so we see that Satan, okay, he fell like lightning, meaning he was dethroned. The principality, Satan, was dethroned as these mortal men went about using their authority that Jesus had given them to heal the sick to preach the gospel and to cast out demons. So when we go into regions, whenever we are healing the sick, whenever we are casting out demons, whenever we are proclaiming and demonstrating the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he's dealt with our sins so that we could be brought back into the family of God, we dethrone these principalities. That word exosia in Strong's Concordance, it, it says it is the force, the privilege, the capacity, 
Um, competency, which is very interesting. Competency, meaning like you're able to do it. You are competent enough to do it. The freedom, the mastery, the superhuman, potent, magistrative, controlling, delegated influence. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. You have authority, jurisdiction, liberty, power, right, strength, uh, competency, and capacity to cast out demons. And jurisdiction, this is what the Lord really wanted me to like focus on. He said, jurisdiction, tell them about jurisdiction, because a lot of us can understand like legal terms and our government is really set up. It's a type and shadow of the kingdom. Everything in our constitution um, and the way that our courts operate were taken from biblical principles and from God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so unlike a lot of other governments, uh, the American constitution is very much a type and shadow of a heavenly reality, right? And God is judge. He's judge. And he's judge because he is the only one who knows right, the, what is right and what is truth. Absolute righteousness and absolute truth. He's the only one, right? Yeah. And so in order for us to know what is absolutely right and absolutely true, we have to know the one who is absolutely right and absolutely true right jesus is the way the truth and the life hmm. okay that's who he is that's his identity so jurisdiction is the power the right and the authority to interpret and apply the law it is uh, a matter that falls within the court's jurisdiction for example so it's the authority of a sovereign power to govern Ooh, the power or right to exercise control. And it's the limits or territory within which an authority may be exercised, right? So it implies power implies possession of ability to wield influence. Um, it is, uh, it implies power for a specific purpose within specified limits. So let's talk about that for a second. So um, we, through the blood of Jesus, have been reckoned righteous, holy, and redeemed, right? Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to demolish it. Therefore, right. the Ten Commandments still stand. Mm -hmm. And anything that falls outside of that or breaks that law um, is at war, is at enmity with God and his perfect standards, okay? So if demons come to still kill and destroy and God gave us the law to show us how to love him and how to love people and how to live, the, it's the basis for living a righteous life, right? Um, demons come to destroy that and so they are lawbreakers and us who are living delighting in the law of the lord right that we have his commands written on the tablets of our hearts right and we are quick to repent 
when we sin, right? We have authority. We have the power and the influence over demons <laughs> to influence spiritual realities and command them to come into submission to the lordship of Jesus, to his reign, to his rule, to his government, okay? We have dominion. Like, you know, we were given dominion of the earth and, and we are to be fruitful and multiply, multiply and have dominion, right? So what you need to know as believers is one, again, you cannot judge anything in somebody else or something else that you, where you have not judged it within yourself first, right? Right. So I can't be wagging a finger at people telling them that they need to repent if I have not first repented in my own life yeah. in that area. Right. Okay. Um, then we get together and you have to understand, okay, so after you've repented, then what is your metron? Meaning like, what is your sphere of authority? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is great. Like a lot of you ask the Lord, what is my metron of authority? What is, what have you given me authority over? And for some of us, we're still in our early processes in the faith and, and we're still learning how to govern our own souls. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Yes. And so that was my experience. I went through the majority of my faith, a lot of it. And even still today, I have to govern my own soul. My soul is my, it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. So first govern your own soul, all right, with the Lord in submission to him and his kingdom, his authority. And um, then after you have learned to walk in obedience to the Lord in that way, you'll notice that you begin to walk in greater levels of kingdom authority, meaning you'll find yourself being looked at as a leader within the body of Christ because you are naturally being promoted in the spirit and the spirit of other people bear witness to that. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like huh? I've met people. Okay. Like I am super funny. I'm goofy. I'm sweet. I'm compassionate. I'm very much a pastor. I feel people's hearts, right? Like I want to love the snot out of everybody. And I have met people and they've said, when I met you, I was so afraid of you. I was so intimidated <sighs> by you. And I'm like, why? Like, I can't even imagine like, are my piercings scary? What is scary about me? No, it's just anointing. People can feel the anointing. It's the anointing. It's the yeah. authority yeah. that I walk in, mm -hmm. right? It's kingdom authority. It's the, it's the government of God, right, that I'm walking under. And I didn't realize that at first. And so at first it used to hurt my feelings. And now I recognize that a lot of times it is because people may be struggling to either step into their identity or in 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 God's go there are things in their life that need to come under the government right mm -hmm. of God yeah because 
God is judge. And when he walks in with his government, it can be scary. Because yeah. the of the Lord is the yeah. beginning of all wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And then also too, I think there's, there's also that knowing when you meet a prophetic person, cause I have some friends that I've noticed are a little bit more standoffish with me once I started doing this. And because I think they're afraid I'm going to read their mail and I'm like, well, first off, whether you like it or not, I will, uh, I can't shut it off. Um, but there are often times where God tells me not to say anything. <laughs> I don't yeah. say that part to them, but if they're, you know, yeah. So you can't hide anything from the prophets. That's right. the other thing. Like, you know, you're seen from a mile away. And what's crazy though, is like, I've, I have noticed this and I just want to give anybody who's listening, like, you know, when you come into, you know, uh, contact with a real prophet and you really do love Jesus um, and you don't have any hidden motives in your heart towards uh, exploiting that prophet or exploiting the power or the anointing of God. Mm -hmm. But maybe there are things in your life that God is, um, is wanting to have you work on a, a real prophet, somebody who knows the heart of the father when they prophesy or when they bring it up, you're covered. It's like, um, it really, to me, I picture it as in like walking through the garden of Eden, right? Like love covers a multitude of sins, you know? And so to me, and I've actually seen this open up in like our meetings and in our group here, it's like, we all know that we have flaws but we, because we're a prophetic company, we're naked in front of each other. Like we can't hide our flaws, but there is God's glory and his righteousness covers those things. So when we are told to speak or to judge sin or failings or whatever that's in one of our brothers or sisters' lives, it comes in the wisdom of a multitude of counselors in love that are covering that person's heart, covering their back, covering their mind from lies and from accusations and lifting them up into the truth of who they really are so that they can let go of who they aren't mm. so that that thing can be healed. And so there is this safety in within the eyes of a prophet who loves the Lord where love is going to cover those things. Now, if you're coming in and there is hidden motives, it's crazy because a lot of times people come in, they don't even realize that they have hidden motives a lot of times. Um, but those type of people, the prophets don't have time for and don't have patience for yeah, because they see right through them. And Jesus was the same way. Mm -hmm. um, so just to let you guys know that, like, God loves you. And when his prophets see you, they see you through the, through the lens of God's eyes, which is love. And it's the blood of Jesus. Hmm. And so yeah. you're covered there. You're safe there. Yeah. So people might be going, what does all this have to do with principalities? So I look at this as, I mean, you just described what a community looks like that is out of disagreement with the principality how you get out of, so if you, once you get out of agreement with the principality, 
how do you then live like Krista just described to you? So there you go. Yeah. She just you described live, it. You live that way. And and you need to have people in your life that are, because we are, we, we're not called to judge the world. Okay. Jesus is going to judge the world. Hold on. He, Wait, say that one more time. We are not called to judge the world. There we go. Okay. Jesus is coming to judge the world. Okay. We as believers are called to judge sin within ourselves and sin within the camp. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what, when we judge, okay, now I know this is challenging for some people, but in Corinthians, Paul makes that statement there exactly. He says, we have no right. We're not called to judge the world. We are called to judge those within the church who are operating in sin. There is this really fascinating passage about a man who's actually having sexual relations with his mother-in-law. No, and I think it's his, his stepmom. Step okay. Stepmom. Step Yuck. <laughs> yes. And, and he says, Paul says, how are you tolerating this man? Because they knew the church knew. Yeah. The yeah. church knew yeah, what knew. he was doing yeah. and was tolerating it. And he said, and Paul says, cast him out of the congregation. Like, Treat him like a non-believer, okay? There cannot be fellowship with light and darkness. You can't be friends with demons. Hey, guys, that's a word for somebody. God can only deliver you from your enemies. He won't deliver you from your friends, mm. okay? So he's Paul says, cast him out and release his soul over to Satan, or his flesh over to say, is it his flesh? So that his soul might be saved, I think is what he says. And, and so what he's saying is cast the guy out, judge the sin for what it is. Okay. Cause you're making what Jesus did on the cross cheap. All right. He's you're defiling your entire body of believers to make them think that it's fine to live in this immorality. Cast the guy out, treat him like an unbeliever, let him suffer the consequences of his sin because sin hurts him. It hurts people who love him and it hurts his relationship with God. It hurts everybody, right? Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. And let him experience the consequences of being separated from the church so that he might repent and his soul might be saved on the day of judgment. Okay? So we within the church do have the authority to judge sin within the camp. And that is to be done in a relationship. Okay? That's not like, you know, this one denomination over here casting judgment on another denomination over here, okay, um, and making some very grandiose false accusations without even actually talking to the leaders of that congregation. I see that happen a lot. That's actually sinful. That's coming into agreement with the accuser of the brethren. Um, it's not the same. Now, 
what it looks like for me is as a leader in the body of Christ, I have a relationship with, say, Philip, because he's he's one I've had, a you know, he and I, we have a history. OK, mm-hmm. so I see some stuff going on in Philip's life and, and God is saying, Krista, you love Philip. He is doing some stuff that's hurting him, it's hurting the people that love him, and ultimately, it's going to rob him of his destiny. It's going to rob him of the high calling that I have set aside for him. Because you love him, I am giving you authority to go to him and judge that sin, meaning confront the sin in love, right? And give him an opportunity to confess his sin and to get free from it. Mm -hmm. That is how that's supposed to work. Now, when it's unrepentant, then you are supposed to treat them like an unbeliever. So when the same sin keeps happening, even after it has been confronted by people that love them and it is causing continual harm to the body at large you are to treat them you're supposed to cast them out and treat them as if they're an unbeliever because they're unrepentant and they're in rebellion which means that they are operating in witchcraft Hmm. that makes sense guys it does make sense okay so so we have to, and when we judge, we do it confronting the confronting the lie with truth and love, right? And to um, demolish every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ in that person's life. So our goal is to confront the mindsets that are empowering sin. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so really that's what it is. It really is. The battle is all in our minds because how a person thinks is how they will be. That's what the Bible says. And as a man thinks in his heart or his mind, his will and his emotions, so shall he be. Um, Another word for soul in the Hebrew, it's nefesh. And it actually means the seat or the throne of our appetites. Mm, Yeah. Right. And so that's why Demons are enthroned through soulish appetites or fleshly appetites that are at enmity or at war with the spirit. Hmm. Um, so actually, Ryan Lestrange posted something the other day that was like so perfect that I wanted to um, quote him. Okay. And it says, so it's, he said, when God releases an apostolic work in a region, there is typically warfare with the ruling demon. The demonic prince has created mental prisons that have bound the people. People are influenced by the false thought patterns associated with the regional demon. The work of the apostolic ministry is to tear down those prisons. Strongholds are systems of thought and a way of thinking. Demon entities establish demonic mindsets that the apostolic b- 
builder must dismantle? The answer to this is teaching. Teaching is a vital tool of reformation. Apostolic leaders and teams must also resist the urge to bow to fleshly opinions and worldly mindsets. They must stand fast in the mission and vision God gave them with unwavering faith. Demons will try to water down the work through human resistance. As strong preaching and teaching goes forth, it creates a kingdom mindset and people come into freedom. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Mm. Come on. All right. So, Krista, what I think we should do is hold off on talking about because originally we were going to talk about Python as well today. I think we should hold off yeah. Jezebel, Leviathan, Python for next. Because this is a lot. And I want to make this sure that people, um, people can digest this before we go into. And maybe some people might even watch this again. Uh, some people are watching this in chunks. Um, but I want to, if there's anything else you have to say to conclude the stuff you were talking about, go for it. But then I would love for you to pray for people as well. Yeah, no, I think I think this is good. And it actually works better this way because Python, Leviathan, and Jezebel, like they, they work together. Mm. And so um it'll be a good opportunity to to go with that rather than break it up. Awesome. So guys, we're in a season of um mass deliverance because yeah. Jesus is desiring to be enthroned on the hearts of his people again. And as we come into surrender and submission to his lordship in our lives, where we allow him to be enthroned on our hearts and our souls, that he is the master of our mind, of our will, and of our emotions, that we are in subject to him, he is going to come in as the king of glory to rest on his governing body again. And the church is going to be the governmental, cultural, um, dict uh, um, governing body in the world again. We are going to have influence in the nations again. We have lost our influence in the nations of the world, guys, mm. because we look like the world. Come on. And so if you want to have influence, you love Jesus and you desire justice, first and foremost, you have to allow God to judge anything in you that might be in agreement with the enemy. Okay. And so I want to give you an opportunity to know that um, Jesus is here to set the captives free tonight. Okay. And wherever you are at in your life, where you are experiencing the destroyer, okay, um, death, decay, um, lack, um, poverty, oppression, okay, torment, uh, 
fear. That is all things that Jesus has already judged and he has given us authority over. He has given us jurisdiction over those things as we surrender them to him. And so if you are if you're listening to this and you're like Krista, I am so tired of being harassed by Satan. I am tired of being under oppression. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of these symptoms in my body. Right? I just want to give you an opportunity right now to just talk to the Lord and and say, God, I renounce all agreement that I have with the enemy, with these principalities. I come out of agreement with them and I take my authority, my jurisdiction, my exousia back from them. And I command all of their influence to be broken off of my life in Jesus' name. Mm. And, and here's the thing is that, guys, when you pray that, you have to be willing. You have to be willing to walk in holiness. Because when you slip, especially into sexual immorality, guys, you will hem yourself up with these demons because one of the primary ways that they get hooks in their victims and they enslave people is through sexual immorality and sexual mm-hmm. rituals. It's through music and through lust. Okay. Fleshly things. That's where they hook you. And so you have to submit yourself to God and the enemy will flee. Okay. Cause every time you bow to sin you're actually bowing to the master that you're serving that is behind that sin. Hmm. You know, that old uh, metal song, it says, bow down before the one you serve. You're going to get what you deserve. That guy was prophesying. He was telling the truth and that was not a holy song. He was leading a slave army. Okay, so what I'm going to do for those of you that have said that, I just want you to put some little fire or your hand up in the comments. I want you to share this video with your friends because you need to be sharing Elijah Fire all over the internet, guys. I'm just going to throw that out there because what Jeff is doing specifically what what Jeff and and Illumination are doing specifically here on Elijah Fire and everyone who is partnering with them. They are dethroning principalities, the principality over the airwaves, guys. Specifically, you're overthrowing uh, or you're dethroning Apollo, Jeff, is what the Lord just told me. Woo. Wow. So you guys need to share this content, okay? All right, I see lots of people with fire. (laughs) Okay, so what I'm going to do is I 
am going to break those things off of you and I'm going to command them to go to the pit in Jesus name. All right. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you so much for this authority that you have given me Mm. through Jesus, through faith in Jesus Christ. It is not my own. It has been given by your son, Father. And Lord, I thank you for this authority. I thank you for this power over all the works of darkness. And God, I thank you that as I exercise this uh, jurisdiction of mine to judge the enemy within our camp, within your camp, your church, that nothing by any means will harm us will harm me or those that I am praying for. So God, right now, I take authority over all the works of darkness that are tormenting, harassing, and oppressing your people under the sound of my voice. And I command them to be broken off of them now in Jesus' name. I say, come out, come off, and go to the pit in Jesus' name. I judge every bloodline curse that has been operating in people's bloodlines. And I judge it by the blood of Jesus that reckons them righteous, holy, and redeemed. I decree that the blood of Jesus has accomplished its work and it is powerful. It is powerful to destroy all the works of darkness that have been operating to rob people of their God-given destiny and identity. Lord, I release the fire of God right now to burn up every serpent and every scorpion in Jesus' name. Father, I release your hammer like a Uh, or your word like a hammer and like a sword to demolish every stronghold and every lie. And God, right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would reveal lies that we might believe that we need to come out of agreement with. Right now, the Lord says that one lie is rejection. The Lord Mm. says that you have thought that you were rejected because of something that happened in your past. Or I hear specifically father wounds, father rejection, being rejected by a father. The Lord says he is confronting that lie. He's judging that lie. Wow. Mm. You are not rejected. You are accepted into the beloved. You are elected. You have been chosen, called out, set apart to be his own. You cannot be rejected. Wow. I just heard the Lord say, some of you believe that you are unlovable. You've been through uh, several divorces or failures and relationships, and you think there's just no one out there for me because I am unlovable. The only one who can love me is Jesus. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It is not good for man to be alone. That is what God said. He said he had, he's commissioned you to be fruitful and to multiply and subdue the earth. Wow. That, that marriage is now some people do have the gift of singleness, but that marriage is to be a prophetic um, shadow of the bride 
the church and Jesus Christ. Wow. Lord, thank you, God. We just break that off in Jesus' name. We break that that lie that says that they are unlovable. That your identity is the beloved. You are the beloved. Wow. I just heard the word powerless. Some of you have believed that you don't have any power because when you were younger or when you were in sin, you couldn't control your impulse to sin. But powerlessness is a lie. Mm. Hallelujah. Because you have been filled. You've been uh, um, endued with power from on high by the Holy Spirit over all the works of darkness. So you are not powerless. Wow. You are mighty in the Lord Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Yeah, the Lord, I just feel like over over the next week, God, as you guys seek the Lord in your quiet time, God is going to reveal lies and he's going to reveal mindsets that regional um, rulers, principalities um, through other people, because that's how they operate, right? They operate through other people that that he's going to confront these lies that you've believed. Just like, just like Jeff confronted the lie that I believed about being stupid or not being smart enough to teach because I had a learning disability when I was a child. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't, I guess I was a late bloomer or whatever. I didn't really take off. Things didn't click until I was a teenager. But as I was a child, I was convinced that I was just a dumb kid. Mm -hmm. And so what authority, what right do I have to teach anybody, right? And Jeff confronted that lie in me so that now I could sit before you and and I could confront the enemy, the liar, the deceiver, the destroyer, destroyer in your life. God is, is going to have people in your life. God, I pray for people to come alongside of those listening, God, that they would confront the lies, that they would judge the lies. God, I thank you for your revelation light that brings everything into focus yes. that needs to be dealt with. God, what you reveal, you desire to heal. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. And, and as you do that, guys, all you need to do, it's its not complicated. You just need to recognize, oh, wow, yeah, that's the lie. That was That's what was holding me back. God, I repent. I change the way I think. And I turn to you and I receive your truth in place of that lie. And I command the enemy to be broken off of my life. I renounce my agreement. I take back my authority that I submitted to that enemy and I command it to go to the pit in Jesus name. That it, that's it. It's not complicated. So Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you that your spirit leads us into all truth. We don't have to have the right words. Your spirit will, will bring us into the revelation, Mm -hmm. into the wisdom and the application Mm -hmm. of walking in freedom. Yes. Jesus name. Yes. Amen.
Uh, something that I want to say also, just in regards to sometimes, sometimes God will give you the opposite of, um, or like, Hey, you, you think you're dumb. God is saying that you think you're dumb, but actually saying this, sometimes he just gives you this. This happens to me a lot. Everybody, uh, one of two of these, either I have no idea what I'm saying and God is in his grace is using me and is totally hitting people. It happens a lot, which is very <laughs> humbling because I can't take any credit. Um, but also, uh, sometimes it is just this burning, like you see something in someone and you can't stop reminding them of it. And that's what it was with Krista really was, was just that. Um, cause I don't, I don't recall ever saying God, you, God told me that you said that you think you're dumb. He does do that with me with some, sometimes with people, but it's not always that. But what I found often with God is he just speaks life over people. And the speaking of life over people actually causes growth to happen where you thought things were dead and you thought the soil, the proverbial soil was condemned, you know, and nothing can grow there. And all of a sudden it's like life is springing out of it. You know, that's how God is. So, um, all right, Krista, how can people follow you? This is really good. Part one of two. Yes. So KristaElish.com. You can go there. That's where all my links will be. And I'm just going to say, if you want to go deeper into learning more inner healing, deliverance, um, spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence, then you should really consider joining Elisha's Mantle Mentoring. That is our mentoring community. It is, it's, it's literally, we are, I'm passing the torch of intimacy onto a, the, the next generation of revivalists and reformers. And um, a lot of my EMMers are here in the comments. I'm, I've missed you guys because I've actually been taking a little bit of a break and we've been having some amazing guest speakers in. Um, but there's, oh my gosh, over like, I think there's a hundred and some hours of just past teachings um, that you can go through and the community is amazing. We're lit. We're love lovers yeah. in training is what great lit people, means, so. great yes. people. Um, so, all right. Well, Krista, thank you so much. Thank you. For part one, me. everybody. Part two, April 19th, next Wednesday. We're going to be doing a whole lot more of this, but this is a great foundational laying the groundwork. Um, it's going to be so good. So mm -hmm. good. So Krista, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. I love you. Thank you for calling, calling the gold out of me. So Word. I can believe People it. We're so blessed by it. Oh my goodness. I know. Yeah. You're a real People life superhero. Are, people are loving it in the comments. So it's just going to be great. You know, we had a lot of people in the live chat, a lot of it, a lot for us. Um, yeah. So share, share, yeah. share Elijah Fire. Yes, share Elijah Fire. It's going to be just a really good teaching series, you guys. <laughs> so, um, all right, everybody, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow. We've got Julie Lopez back. For those who don't know, she was a fifth generation witch that got radically transformed. And now she has like a lot of authority. She taught, she's the one that talked about, like Krista was sharing about how blood, even it, she was like witches and uh, they, like people in the cult, they know the spirit realm sometimes better than Christians do because they understand what the significance of blood and what that gives access to. And it was just, 
amazing. So if you guys have time before tomorrow, go listen to the last episode of Julie Lopez. It was like a couple months ago, uh, but she's going to be back. We're going to be talking a lot more about that, about why we need prophecy, all that stuff. Really good. You don't want to miss that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. That keeps all of this afloat. Allows us to bring on Krista and all these people and do teaching series and all that. So we really appreciate those donations, everybody. So God bless you guys. And we will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.